Blog Talk Radio. Time to watch this movie. Neil Jones. Shut the fuck up. 98. Ah! It's ours. Hey yo, hey yo, regardless of rain or snow, sleet or hail, I kick street tails, choking niggas like I'm free well, golden state, holding your face in the palm of my hand, blow you away like it's part of the plan, I gotta call it like I see it, talking like I be it, walking my walk, thugged out, orthopedic, cause I'm soon to be up, give me room, watch me heat up, niggas try to stick me like I threw Louima, follow the leader, make me go extra hard, yo Norris, should I hold back or show the repertoire, quit at 16 or throw an extra bars just for the non-believers, I show them why it's so hard to reach us. I get pussy with my father's speeches. Puff heavily. See me at 6'1, weigh a buck 70. Catch me in spots y'all niggas never be. Packed in like Green Bay, Harlem week to Queen's Day. Performing a cappella, no DJ. 98 live, no replay. Make it seem easy. So tell a friend and tell a friend that it's them again. Yeah. 
Oh man. I was like I was thinking about it, I was like, hold up, this song would actually be perfect for the show. <laughs> Good choice. Good choice. Thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. That's that ninety that's that ninety tip hop for you. Man, I miss that ninety tip hop. But this is the wrong yeah, show we talking about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know. Still had to still had to play it though, you know. Like I say, it was the perfect song for the show. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, man, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, bro. I don't think no boys and girls should be up. I mean, you know, but there is ladies one. and gentlemen. Yeah, second one, you know. Sam Junior, what it do? Say hi, to, say hi, Junior. Hi, Junior. <laughs> that was too funny. But ladies and right. gentlemen, welcome to the scout box. We in here. I still can't get on the track here and drag on on the track, man. It's been a minute since I heard that little nigga on the track. Okay, all right, I'm sorry. Shoot. <laughs> sure. I think the last track I heard of one was uh, Ride or Die. I actually played that like a week ago. Oh my god! Damn, but let's really get into it though. Uh, champ, let's start it off with the let's start it off with the uh, quick three. Oh, we could definitely start it off with the quick three. The quick three for y'all here on the Skybox begins in the world of MMA. Um, UFC 196 to see this main event changed more times than a person changes their underwear. Um, after the heavyweight championship main event for that fight was uh, was ta- was taken off the card due to both the fight, the heavyweight champion and his challenger going out with injuries, uh, the event was pushed back to March of to this coming uh, March the fifth, which is next Saturday, which is next Saturday, and it was supposed to be uh, Rafael dos Santos, the UFC. Light heavy, lightweight champion facing UFC featherweight champion Conor McGregor in a non-title uh, in a non-title match, but uh, Dos Anjos had to be had to drop out due to injury, and as such, they had to find themselves a replacement. Enters Nate Diaz. Uh, Nate Diaz um, had some choice words. Regarding Conor McGregor, after McGregor became featherweight champion in December over Michael Johnson, now these two get to go at it in a five-round main event coming up uh, March the fifth at MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, it'll be part of a co-main event. The other co-main event will be Holly Holm having her first defense of the World Bantamweight Championship, uh, taking on Misha Tate. Uh, for that championship, Holly Holm, as you remember, was the one who upset Rowdy Roddy, Ronda Rousey by knocking her out the second round to become bantamweight champion a couple of months, a few months ago. So it's on, it's it's on, it's official. Conor McGregor, Nick Di- Nate, uh, Nick Diaz in a welterweight. It's actually being considered a welterweight bout, even though. Conor McGregor is the UFC featherweight champion. This is a welterweight bout. The fight is taking place at 170 pounds. So it is going to be a 
that's going to be a good one because those two definitely do not like each other. So next Friday, matter of fact, it's going to be part of a back-to-back weekend of major UFC fights. Uh, there's going to be a UFC fight night pass, a uh, fight night coming up um, this Saturday the 27th, coming live from London, coming live from London, where Anderson Silva and um, Michael Brisping will be headlining that fight over in um, London, but you can only see it online on the UFC fight pass. So that's basically... So that, that's basically uh, what, you, what you're looking at. Back-to-back UFC fight nights, that should be very, very good. So that's story number one. Okay. For those who follow UFC, I mean, shoot, y'all, y'all, about to get, y'all about to get a nice little treat there. I can't even call it a little treat. That's actually going to be, that's something huge right now. I mean, yeah, it's going to be huge. It's definitely going to be huge. I'm definitely going to be checking out um, UFC 196 uh, next Saturday at my at my favorite lounge because they will be showing it uh, on all their TVs. And um, it is free of charge to check it out. So if you're a UFC fan and also enjoy cigars, just like I'm becoming a UFC fan and I enjoy cigars, check it out at uh, the Tinderbox. You can holler at me. We'll, we'll hang out and everything like that. But uh, let's move on to story number two on the quick three. Which has which uh, takes us to uh, the world of pro football. As you remember, we talked about Johnny Manziel about a while back and his um, antics off the field, which have um, brought a lot of speculation that when uh, free agency begins, uh, when free agency begins in a week or two, that he would be looking for a new team. Well, new Browns head coach Hugh Jackson had some very had a very stern message for uh, the now soon to be second soon to be second year uh, signal caller for the Cleveland Browns. Um, Hugh Jackson on Wednesday cleared up a lot of things in terms of Johnny Manziel's future with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Jackson, who was hired last month to be the Browns head coach, um, said um, during um, during a media session at the scouting combine, quote, we've talked about Johnny enough, haven't we? And then um, when asked about Manziel's status with the team, he said, and I quote, I'm being serious. Um, basically, you know, Manziel is currently being investigated for domestic violence, for domestic abuse of his ex-girlfriend, uh, at which point the Browns um, – sent out a very ominous statement basically saying that the team would cut ties with him when the new league year began on March 9th. But here's what Jackson had to say about that. Um, quote, I think we all know and understand that we made a statement two weeks ago about Johnny Manziel, and I'm going to stand by that, and I think his future on our team will be addressed here pretty soon. Uh, he would go on to say, quote, uh, but let me say this. I think it's really important that obviously – there were some people involved in the situation that happened, and I feel very bad about those things as they do happen. But I want to make sure we all understand that that behavior will not be tolerated. That's all I want to say about it. I'm, I want to leave it at that. Our, our organization is going to take a stand, and we're going to move forward, move on from those kind of situations, 
as we move forward. Uh, end quote. And uh, just one other part of that is that Mansell is facing domestic violence charges by the Dallas police and could be charged by the end of the week with those uh, charges because apparently uh, Mansell's girlfriend at the time was left deaf in one ear from the incident. So it's just getting, mm-hmm. getting worse and worse for Mr. Manziel. Mm-hmm. That's what I can do. Uh, oh, that boy's a thug. But yet, but yet, you know what I'm saying? But yet, Cam dabbing everything. That's a thug. Okay, all right. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to go there. I'm just going to no, say that boy's a thug. Yeah, yeah. But we're not going to talk about that. But what we are going to talk about is uh, the third story in our quick three. It takes us to the world of wrestling. And it was announced that another, there's been a second announcement of an inductee to the WWE Hall of Fame. And it is a man whose given name is Charles Wright. But he had characters such as Papa Shango and Kama. But his most successful character, The Godfather. And the Godfather character will be has been announced as the next inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2016, alongside Sting. Um, if many people remember, uh, Papa Shango was the angle where he was the Voodoo Man, and then Kama was the ultimate, the supreme fighting machine. But Wright's character, the Godfather, was basically perfect, a perfect character for the Attitude Era. Um, yeah, it was. He, you know, he was a pimp that would have his toes to the ring every night, offering him up to other wrestlers for wins. Uh, he also had his famous saying of light a fatty for this pimp daddy and pimping hoes nationwide. Everybody knows, everybody knows his stick. He's like, well, like, for all y'all that know, that the Godfather be pimping hoes nationwide. Man, I want you to reach, I reach, I want you to roll a fatty. For this pimp, Johnny, light that sticky green up inside. Pimpin' ain't easy. Well, Pimpin' ain't about easy. To hit the Hall of, yes, sir. He's about to hit the Hall of Fame. And guess who's going to induct, um, guess who's going to induct the Godfather into the Hall of Fame? APA. Yes, sir. JBL and Ron Simmons, a.k.a. Farouk, will be inducting him into the Hall of Fame. So that's the second inductee. And as WrestleMania starts to creep up and creep up, more inductees should, will be announced. There is strong expectation that JBL will be a part of this class as well. Um, Jacqueline uh, will probably be part of this class. As you know, Jacqueline was the uh, first women's champion uh, after Alundra Blaze left the company and threw the belt in the trash. Uh, Jacqueline, Jacqueline became the first uh, became the first champion that they had recognized champion after uh, that incident. So it's expected that she might be in this class. We'll see. But uh, that's your quick three here on the Skybox. I actually want to add something to the uh, Godfather getting in. A uh, little okay. fun fact that a lot of people probably didn't realize that uh-huh. two of his hoes, well, two of the young ladies that portrayed his hoes, were Lita and Victoria and Victoria. Like, yep. 
All I mean, the women that portrayed as hoes ended up turning around and becoming women's champions themselves. Exactly. Yeah, I knew that. They have a great career. I do that. Yeah, they didn't turn out to have a great career. Matter of fact, Lita's a Hall of Famer. Exactly. Lita's a Hall of Famer. And Victoria should be in there sometime soon. Yeah. Hopefully it will be in there soon. But since we're on the subject of wrestling, so I just want to know, what did you think of Fastlane? Because I got my thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. But I got my thoughts. Okay, I watched um, it from beginning to end. The pay-per-view I did not see. Thank God. <laughs> I didn't see it. Thank God. I mean, from all the feedback off the internet, um, clearly I missed absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. I gave it. I gave it a six out of ten, and that was being generous. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> from the reviews that I've heard. Um, yeah. It would have got maybe seven know. and a half. In my opinion, it would have got seven and a half had the two out of three falls U.S. title match been on the main show and replaced that garbage R-Truth versus the battle from the social outcast garbage. If that had been flip-flop, that had been on the pre-show and then the U.S. title been on the main show, that show would have got, the pay-per-view itself would have got at least, would have got at best a seven and a half. But the fact that you relegated a two out of three falls match to your pre-show and allowed our truth, who's been a has been worthless, and then Curtis Axel, who's been even more worthless, to fight on a spot on a pay-per-view and right before the damn main event at that, I'm like, wait a minute, what? Wait, hold up. How did they get the penultimate match before the main event? Wait a minute. What the heck? Who thinks that they suck to get that? I don't even want to I know. I don't get it. I mean, I mean, apparently, cause, I mean, you guys heard of that who still has a career. Um, I think the fact that his father is the reason why he's still there. I mean, God bless his soul, but, yeah, his son doesn't necessarily have the charisma nor the really – the entering talent that his dad possessed. Um, or true? Nigga, just retire. Please. Like, <laughs> nigga, just stop. Like, I'm tired of your theme song. I'm tired of you dancing. I'm tired of you coming out saying ignorant shit. I mean, I'm just done. Like, especially children. He's a waste of time. Period. I mean, he's a. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Arnold Schultz is a great wrestler. He can wrestle. He can do moves that most can't. But I'm done with the whole Arnold Schultz character. Like, can we? Can this man either retire or come up with something that will people? Something that people will actually take him serious as? Like, really? Well, you know, Goldust like, wants to be a taxi partner, and I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think they're trying to relive that whole gold dust and book of tea angle. Um, yeah. That died that over 10 like years it. ago. Yeah. Let it go, but, WWE. Uh, Let it go. But like I said, I gave the show a 6 out of 10. They just, it just, the fact that they allowed their uh, U.S. title match, title 
match to take place, a title match in and of itself to take place on his pre-show when they could have had it on his main show and taken that little BS exactly. match they had and put it on the pre-show. I mean, it just it just ruined the whole card. The whole card was was okay, but the moment you put that match together and you could tell it was just thrown together at the last minute, but it was just like, what the hell does this have to do with anything? Like, why are they even wrestling? And why are they wrestling right before the main event? It just made no sense to me. And then the uh, the main event was was basically, I mean, we all knew what the hell was going to happen. We all knew Roman Reigns was going to win. We all knew that. You know, I mean, that was predictable. We all knew Kevin Owens was going to retain the championship. They wasn't, this is not the era like it was back in the day where somebody could win the title on a, on a Saturday and then the next night lose it. Like win a Saturday at a house show and lose it the next night mm-hmm. a la Edge right before uh fully right. loaded. Right. You know what I'm saying? They don't they don't do shit like that. They wasn't gonna put the title on KO to have them lose it six days later. So I mean I'm just like, okay, um let's yeah. Um but yeah. it was just it was just too predictable pay per view. Too predictable pay per view, no surprises, nothing nothing that shocked nothing that shocked. Nothing that just, you know, grabs your attention. Everything is just like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, pretty much from everything yeah. I saw on the internet, I'm like, okay. I didn't miss anything because, I mean, everybody, I mean, I, I knew uh, Roman Asshead was going to win. I mean, the way it was, everything was just set up, I mean, yeah. this is the talentless piece of shit that, that the WWE is trying to force on us. And we know this. So I mean, nothing we can really do to stop the ass here, the ass here empire. But I mean, the part that blew me about last night, well, fast lane was, auto, now they decided to, to cancel the Brock versus Bray angle in favor for Ambrose versus Brock. <sighs> Yeah, that okay. That I mean, that's a that's I'm, a match I'm just, that. I'm just gonna set my palm aside. Yeah, go ahead and set that because I don't, I can't make any sense of that either. Oh shit! Oh man. Well, I like Fastlane. Monday Night Raw was actually worth watching. Man, listen, I was I I was shocked. By what happened on Monday Night Raw, that like really shocked me. It's funny because really, really right, like in the beginning, I was like, it would be funny if he would show up in the middle of the segment. A minute later, all I Here heard comes was, money. "Here comes the money." Young, I, I ain't gonna lie. Oh, oh, oh my God! Like I got out of bed for that one. I mean, I put it this way. Missing. I put it this way. When it happened, I was yelling so loud. My mama came to the top of the stairs and asked me if I was okay. <laughs> That's how much I was talking wow. out. I was yelling so loud. My mama came to the top of the stairs and asked me if I was okay. Because <laughs> I was just like, wait. I was like, Shane McMahon has not been in the WWE in like seven years. And all of a sudden, you know, we sitting at the beginning of the show this man's giving a warning. They got this follow to his own daughter, and we're just like, oh, we got to sit through this crap again. Next thing you know, here comes the buddy. He's like, oh, M. G. 
<laughs> that moment when shit like, just got real. Like, I mean, this is meme. This is meme. Like, if the one the part of the meme is Shay McMahon, what regular people saw. At the bottom is a picture of Jesus Christ or something like that. But um, yeah, it's a picture of Jesus, and it says what wrestling fans saw. I ain't gonna oh, lie, yeah. like. I felt the spirit when Shane came out. Like, I saw the bright light. I felt it. Like, God. Like, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, it was something that the WWE needed badly. They needed that, that shot to happen. Like, but that also set it up uh, another WrestleMania match. That's right. Shane McMahon versus The Undertaker. If Shane wins, he gets the control wall. And the company. I got a feeling it's a bait and switch. I got a feeling it's a bait and switch, and I'm going to tell you why. Now, Shane McMahon, everybody knows that Shane McMahon is one of the most daredevil-ass SOBs around. You know this dude, like, will take any and every risk he can take. And, you know, he don't give a rat. He don't care. He will do it. But... He's older. I mean, look at him. The Bama great, got gray hair on top of gray hair. He's older. He ain't been in the ring in God knows how long. I mean, I think that he's going to pull a fast one on his old man. He's going to end up getting like a, a surrogate to wrestle for him. Yeah, he, he will. He will. Honestly, I And that surrogate is going to be the one that fights. Yeah, that's why I think we'll get a surrogate. Honestly, here's what I was thinking. Like, um, I had a feeling that Shane might not get into the ring because I was like, I was thinking, hmm, it is WrestleMania, and certain superstars are actually might get cleared to be a part of WrestleMania. A certain two came to mind though. One, I'm not too sure if he will make the trip to WrestleMania, but. I'm going to go on a limb here and say one of them might, might actually be Sting. I don't think Sting would be ready, but in my mind, uh, anything could be possible. But the my most guaranteed guy that's going to represent Shane, and I hate to say this, he is the leader of the bright T-shirt movement. Yep. He is the leader of I have a different shirt every month. Move me. Mm-hmm. It will be the guy that it's going to be a guy that won world heavyweight title win from time Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Representing Shane McMahon could be John Cena. Da, 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 da. Yeah, okay, alright. Okay. We totally okay. should have had that sound effect though. Been like, and that man is John You know what? <laughs> you know what? You know what? What? I actually had basic, basic Southern Thomas on my phone. And I'm not afraid to use it. Oh, God. <laughs> so if you uh, tune into the show next week and you, hit, you actually hear it, uh, you were warned. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking, too. I'm thinking that Cena's going to be his stand-in. 
Uh, Sting is a long shot because, I mean, he had to have neck surgery and everything like that. Sting's a long shot. But I wouldn't put it past him to go with Sting. But, mm. I mean, hell in a cell, the potential for this being Undertaker's ex- ex- exact last match ever. And I swear I'm going to cry when that dude retires, like, seriously, because I'm a big Undertaker fan. But at the same time, even I know it's like, okay, his time has passed. But I'm still going to um, be like, fuck, yeah. I don't want him to go nowhere. WrestleMania 30 was an indication of that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not used to saying the Undertaker get his ass whooped like that. Um, Like, he needed to take the time out and get one of the NFL oxygen tanks just to, just to get his breath again. I mean, yeah. I don't want to see that again. Um, yeah, I just don't. Um, Taker, please let this be your last. I mean, for what is left in your life, let this be your last. I don't want to see 51-year-old Undertaker going out to the ring and still think he could put on a great match. I'm sorry. It's just not... It's just not that no more. I'm sorry. Um, it was fun. It was nice. Thank you for the great career, but now, nah, bruh. Nah, bruh. Yeah. Uh, hold up. We I'm actually got a caller on. Okay. One, two, five, one. You're on. Hey, what's up, people? What's up? Uh-oh. Hey. Uh-oh. Hey, how y'all doing? Uh-oh. I know this voice. That's no. right. Is this the, it's, it's me. Is this it's me. It's R-B-3. <laughs> oh, shit. What's up, oh, dog? Yeah, big, yeah, big chill. What up, dude? What's up? Bobby three, what it do? What it do? Cool, cool, man. What's here? What's up? What's up, champ? Here, my gotta give love to my hitter. Yeah, you better give love to your hitter, dude. What's wrong with you, man? What, what's going hey, on? I'm, hey, I'm cool, oh, man. man. Just, just listening to, just listening to the show, man. I, I ain't seen you in a minute. I know we both been busy, but you, you know, man. Fast lane was, I don't know. I think a lot of people are not happy with that thing. I'm just going to say, thank you, God, for that 12-hour nap that I took. That's it. Because, honestly, when I got home around 4, I went to sleep at 6, and I didn't wake up until almost the sun came out. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I I was out cold, like... Between me just being that tired and that Popeye's chicken I ate, um, yeah, it just didn't happen. Um, oh, the itis was real, bro. It wasn't even the itis. It was the, that chicken told me up. Uh, I ate it that Saturday night. It told me oh, up. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, so that was, oh, so that was tax. Yeah, that, that was tax. That was in the itis. That was tax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, hey, did I, I showed my dad last night the, um, the video of a Byron doing the handoff to Roman and handing off oh the God. fake blood. I was like, I've seen better handoffs 
in in jailhouse movies where the guy hands his partner a shank. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> hey, you heard it first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, me, 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 and Pop, we was man, we was rogue. We was in that general rolling. I can't. You know what? Uh, I can't. I'm not. I'm not. Even, I'm not even gonna mention ass hair. I'm not gonna mention ass hair. Anybody <laughs> wanna show anymore? I'm done talking about the guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing ain't wrong with me. Hey, speaking, speaking of the handoff, though. Hey, I, man, I, man, man. Yeah, for, for me, I ain't got no problem with the brother, but it is. It is hilarious watching, watching all. It was just hilarious on Monday, watching watching all the all the all the people on both sides of the fence. I was like, "Where was all this salt when I needed? I could have used that that salt to fry my chicken." Oh, and I mean, I mean, I forgot to pick up a can of Lowry's, but I but there was plenty yeah. of salt in between my three wrestling groups. I'm in, man. I've not even told about wrestling groups because apparently when you, when you uh, <clears throat> voice your opinion about uh, Roman, you know certain certain people want to call you a hater and you know no just same facts. I mean well, it is what it is. Well, well that's all right. They got him. That's all right. They got him. We got Eva Marie. So you know it. So it's a wash. In my case, <laughs> I have Sasha Banks and Naomi. Oh. I'm oh, just saying. Boss. Hey, I wonder is she hiring? You know, I I need to find some way to send her my resume. You ain't shit, Raymond. Good shit. God. <laughs> you got you a long ass shit. line on that one. But no, no, speaking of the handoff, speaking of the handoff, let's go back to the end of Monday Night Raw. I mean, the reaction that Triple H got for beating the shit out of Roman Reigns. Oh man, yeah. Let's talk about this for a second. Let's. What was the last time a heel got that type of reaction, beating the shit out of a babyface? Yeah, I you know I can't remember right off hand. Whoever, anyone who about when Seth Rollins broke Cena's nose. <laughs> hey, he made. I mean, yeah, that hey, was that. Hey, it got him a teeth. It got him another shirt. Oh yeah, it did. It did. Oh yeah. You, you can't need me. I mean, that's me. <laughs> oh man, that's just funny. funny. But I mean, even even Cena didn't get no reaction like that, though. I mean, seriously, like I mean, oh. they're really gonna have to pull Roman off of TV, so the fans would be like, so the fans won't beat him up going going into WrestleMania. Like, this is sad. This is tragic. Yeah, this man, is this tragic like, in my Mr. Omar voice. Tragic, tragic, tragic. Man, but um, I, I've never seen this before. They, they had to fake um, an, an injury and surgery angle just so just to keep protect Roman from having to do the smart tour before WrestleMania. I mean, it's just terrible. I mean, they, they. I mean, the month before WrestleMania. You, you, you book Raw in in like pretty in pretty much two of the biggest smart towns 
in the country. I mean, I think the I last mean, Brooklyn time I, and, think, uh, I mean, Brooklyn and Pittsburgh, he might have been okay in, but they, but I'm, but they, he would have got roasted in Chicago. They feel salty about CM Punk. I uh, think that's the last Edison time I've seen model. something like this. Not really on this level, but something like this was the night after WrestleMania when Dolph Ziggler cashed in on Del Rio. When as soon as oh, the music hit, everybody went fucking nuts. Oh, as soon as the music oh, hit, everybody too. went nuts. Oh, I, oh, I, lost, so, I lost my stuff, man. I applauded that one. But, um, but yeah, it's like, it's like the way they got it. Right now, Triple H will actually go into WrestleMania as the face. Um... Really? He's a heel. He's going to go into WrestleMania as a face. He's like the heel they like. He's like the heel they like. Sort of like like Ziggler was for most of his run when he, even though he calls himself a heel. I mean, yeah. And also, Sasha, and also technically Sasha Banks. Because technically she's still a heel. I think. Yeah, but here's why I got to kind of like. I mean, Triple H is a popular heel. However, it's like it doesn't matter who Roman goes against. The heel will always get a bigger pop than he will. He can go against Del Rio. Del Rio will get a bigger pop. He can go. I ain't, I'm not gonna say Jericho because Jericho is always going to get a pop regardless of the fact because it's Jericho. But I mean, he can kill. He can go against the goddamn social. The social outcast, and they will get a bigger pop than Cena. I mean, than Roman. And then if he you said, if right, he you said it, it right before. If, if he if Roman somehow made it through, made it out of Chicago, he wouldn't have made it. He wouldn't have made it out of Philly. They, I think someone would have actually shot him. Someone would have jumped. Someone would have actually jumped him like they did Leo Rush. Wow, like, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, though. But we actually got to move on though, because we we didn't cover too much of wrestling. Um, for those who follow the NFL, um, yeah, I do know this weekend starts uh, is the NFL Combine. Yeah. It's basically like a football, like college football players' job interview. Yeah, basically that's what it's. It's one of the processes of that. I can't wait for that. I want to see what you know. What players will stand out and everything? Who will meet the needs of many NFL players? Because you know, March ninth, NFL free agency starts, and you know. Teams are going to have needs. They're going to have needs. They're going to have needs they need to be filled either through free agency or through the draft. Matter of fact, I actually have, you know, I actually have a list, you know, thanks to the NFL, NFL.com. You know, those guys are good for something. Um, I actually have a list of the top free agents. Uh, up to this point, with free agency starting on March the ninth, uh, and the top five. This is funny. 
like the top like, well, the top four in terms of superstars, three of the four are all on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Von Miller, Josh Norman, Muhammad Wilkinson, uh, and then the lone offensive player, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, then you have other uh, players, defensive players up in the top ten, such as uh, Malik Jackson of Denver, Olive, uh, Oliver Vernon of Miami, Eric Berry of Kansas City, Gordy Glenn, uh, offensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills, Doug Martin, uh, and Kalichi Osamele of Baltimore. You also forgot uh, uh, Earth, Earth Whittle, too. Yeah, he's actually after Osamele um, on the list. He's number 11, and Osamele is number 10. And Kirk Cousins is actually on this list at number 12 um, as a potential uh, free agent, which, you know, it is what it is. But, um,. I'm interested. Like, here's here's my thought on this, on what's going on with free agency so far. Um, there have been a lot of moves made. Uh, the main question, though, is when are the Redskins going to make a move with RG three? Uh, um, honestly, I'm not sure because I mean, they, I'm surprised that they haven't made the move yet. Um, I think they're still trying to shop him off, which is not going to happen because nobody wants to pick up their contract. Their best bet will will be to release them. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, nobody's going to pick up RG three for sixteen million dollars. I mean, let's be realistic here. I mean, I'm not going to take nothing away from the kid, but he is injury prone. I mean, he's a NFL quarterback with the body of a track star. Uh, there's plenty of teams that could use a, a quarterback especially with his talent, but at $16 million, you don't know what you're going to really get out of him. So for all these other teams that need quarterbacks, they're waiting for him to hit the open market so they can make a a realistic deal with him to sign him. So the Redskins – are going to have to cut him. I mean, that's the only thing. That's the only logical thing they can do right now. Because I mean, they're not, nobody's going to make that trade with him. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, right now I'm looking at um, the list of free agents by position, and right now Griffin is not on this list to be a free agent because they picked up his option, his final year option. But Cousins is set to be a free agent, and uh, Colt McCoy is set to be a free agent. Uh, coming up on March the ninth, so it's like you look at that and it's like, oh crap! Like right now, two of our quarterbacks, if nothing's done, could walk and go on a free agent market, and the only other quarterback we have on our team has pretty much worn out his welcome, and they're shopping around. So, are we really about to take a step back after we came out of nowhere to win the division, and still are back to looking for our franchise quarterback again? Honestly, I don't think we will be taking a step back. I mean, yes, Kirk Cousins had a, had a good half season. He did set franchise records. But let's not sleep on RG either because, I mean, the kid had to learn something while sitting on the bench. I mean, Wooten protected him from getting hurt again. 
So, I mean, I think RG will be capable now of being somewhat of a pocket passer. I'm not going to say he's going to be a pocket rocket. I mean, I would never, I wouldn't put that on him, but I think he learned enough where he can somewhat thrive in a Gruden offense. Yeah, but here's the thing. Bruce Allen has already got out on, in the media, on radio, and has said that he sees RG3 playing somewhere else, but not here. I mean, team president yeah, he has said it. He that. has said it. He, has he, said, said, it. he said that recently, but, I mean, actually. I know he said it recently. I mean, I read, I saw the report. But, I mean, until something gets done, I'm not going to take the word of it until then. Again, I mean, because honestly, they really didn't want this guy. They could have been got rid of him. I mean, they already knew they wasn't going to be able to trade trade him. I mean, they knew that. Going, I mean, they knew that. They knew they wasn't going to be able to trade RG. I mean, let, let's be real. If they really wanted to get rid of RG, like they fans that they do, he could have he could have been gone as soon as the season ended. But we will see. I mean, they have until the 9th of March to release him, or he will be getting that 16 mil. But uh, we actually do have another caller on. Okay. Uh, Let's see. 6433, you're on. Welcome to the Skybox. What's up, niggas? How y'all doing, first of all? It's me, Chris Gary. What it do, what it do? Nothing much, man. I just got a few questions. Actually, I got a couple of questions to get off my chest, if y'all don't mind. Uh Uh-huh. First of all, when it comes down to the whole shame at man thing, I was surprised as fuck, just like y'all were when... Shane McMahon came when Shane McMahon came back into the WWE, even though he hasn't been back in like seven years, but still, that was some crazy ass shit. It, but to be honest, if that were to have never happened, if Shane would have never came through that curtain to challenge his daddy and his sister and all that stuff, and basically get himself into a match at WrestleMania, who do you think would have been a more suitable replacement for Shane McMahon to face The Undertaker at Mania? Honestly, I mean, aside from those who are in the company already. Uh, honestly, I don't think... I still don't think Shane will possibly get into the ring. He's probably going to find a way to get out of that match. Um, but a suitable replacement... I mean, outside of Cena coming back, because everybody knows Cena will be back WrestleMania. I'm sorry, but it, it's going to happen. Um, I know that they're going to bring Goldberg in for one night. I mean, that would be oh, a waste God. of money. Uh-huh. Um, shit. What about the I great mean, Muda? Uh, oh, wait. If, let me guess. If this is... The dude's over 50, can't really take a bump anymore, and he feels more like promoting now than any more than anything. Not only that, but make any like, if this match was, if this would have happened 10 years ago, then 
I would green light this match. The so simple the fact that these are one of these are him know the Undertaker to really take a bump. Yeah. And Buddha makes no sense because if this match is for control of Mon- of Raw. Muda hasn't been in the WWE officially, so why would he be fighting to gain control of Raw when he's never been really a part of the WWE? That makes no sense. None. Well, I heard from Dirt Sheets and other shit like that that they were trying, before Shane came in, they were thinking about getting somebody who isn't on the WWE roster. Huh? Yeah, they were talking about bringing in somebody that wasn't on the roster. Who placed the Undertaker? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then a Goldberg moment started to appear out of nowhere. Oh my God! Make it stop. Yeah, but still, I was excited for Shane. I was excited for Shane coming back, and even if he doesn't wrestle one more match at WrestleMania 32, and that Reddit festival known as the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, I really <laughs> hope that. You know, Shane gets his one last WrestleMania moment in the same sense that the Undertaker gets his. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it would be great to see Shane in the wrestling ring, but just having Shane on air is good enough for me. Yeah, especially if they're planning on having him on the air for well over a month just yeah. to build this up. Well, I mean, I, I see them doing that. Actually, I see him being more on air now because his company in China is actually at the point where he doesn't have to really be there. We could just be more behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So I can see him being more on the screen with WWE now. Right. Wouldn't we all? I mean, to be honest, wouldn't we all, seeing the fact that he hasn't really been involved in the WWE since 2009? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are are happy to see him back after being gone for so long. You know, great. It, I mean, it was obvious by the reaction he got when he came out that everybody did forget who he was. I was that was the one thing I know is that at least everybody knew who the hell he was instead of. You know, he'll come down and everybody's like, wait, who? I don't know this guy. Who is he? Shane McMahon? Basically, who is this guy? Why does he basically look like what this? you're trying who to is say is you're glad he at least got a reaction and a big one at that rather than yeah. as, I mean, rather than him coming out and people wondering, who the fuck is this guy? Should I Google him? Yeah. I mean, seriously, like, you, you there have been people who made, there were guys who made returns and there's like, who is who is this guy again? Who? Brett? Who? Hmm. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. All right. <laughs> hey, Gary. Since you since you asked a question, I got a question for you. How do you feel about you know your team, your the Houston Texans going into the scouting combine? What are they looking for? What do you think they're gonna be looking for at the, at the scouting combine? Oh my God. To be honest, I hope not another damn defensive player. I mean, granted, we already got one of the best defenses in the league. Well, actually, one of the best defensive players in the league. Not really one of the best defenses, as you can tell by the way the Texans got their asses kicked by the Chiefs back in January. But still, I hope they find a quarterback. 
tell. I hope they find somebody off somebody on the offensive. I hope they I hope they find either a good quarterback or a good running back or a good wide out. Well, not really too good since we already got DeAndre Hawkins. DeAndre the Hawkins, that boy is a beast. Anybody other than a defensive player, because I'm just sick and tired of them focusing on the defense. I mean, that's basically played them ever since they came into establishment back in 02. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I give y'all credit, though. Y'all selected some great defensive players, though. I mean, fucking Mario wins. I mean, nobody thought he was going to be anything until they saw him in the combine. He comes out. And now he's staying in Buffalo for the foreseeable future. Yeah, but y'all got his best years. Yeah, but it's funny because not only is he staying in Buffalo for the foreseeable future, but he's willing to take a pay cut to stay in Buffalo for the foreseeable future. Hmm. I mean, to be honest, to hang out with the Ryan brothers and get trained by them, who wouldn't want to take a pay cut to stay up there? That's what I was getting ready to say. When you got Rex and Rob Ryan on the team, with Rob being your defense DC, oh, nah, I'd be like, look, cut my pay. I want to stay here. I'm good. Plus, I mean, yeah, that, but that's I mean, only if the Ryan brothers can build that Bills defense into fucking killing machines like how they were back in the 90s when they lost all those damn Super Bowls. Man. Honestly, I say they can. Because, I mean, with both Ryan brothers, y'all already know they're going to be in the three. I mean, they're going to be in the three, four. The Bills have hmm. pieces. <laughs> They had pieces on that defense. I mean, you got Mario playing playing outside linebacker opposed to being a three a four three lineman. I mean, honestly, at the fact that he's thirty two, that will possibly be best for his career now. But he'll be all right in Buffalo. I mean, they just need a few more pieces, and they need a they need a real quarterback. I mean, Tyrod, I'm, I'm not going to take nothing from the kid, but I don't think they can win with Tyrod. <laughs> I mean, he's ex- somewhat exciting, but if you take hey, away Shady. Tyrod, yeah. Hey, Tyrod Taylor got to the football over Kirk Cousins, so he obviously is better than Kirk Cousins. Okay, all right, I'm sorry. Okay. Wait, wait, you wait, know wait, what? wait. I mean, whole, <laughs> you know what? That whole they need a few more pieces on offense team that can work well for the Texans because they can't win on just defense alone. They can't win with J.J. Watts saving their asses. Yeah, yeah they pulled that against KC, though. Okay, all right, okay, all right. Honestly, Houston, need, they desperately need a quarterback. No I shit. I mean, I don't want to be like, they need a running back, because honestly, I like Alfred Blue. I like him. I mean, I'm not going to say he's a franchise back, but he's a back that he get, he's a back that can get you some positive things. If you actually had a quarterback that was that teams actually feared. <laughs> hmm. Come to think of it, speaking of quarterbacks, I really think the. I mean, I know this is probably old news now, but I damn sure do not think that Tony Romo and the Texans would be a good fit. Mostly I don't think Tony Romo playing another year would be a good fit. <laughs> Let me guess, injury prone. That, that, and the fact that he's 35, 
Injuries and age don't mix. I mean, yes, Peyton Manning did come back when he was in his late 30s from a neck injury. Okay, that's great, but Romo has injured the same shoulder three times in his career. Twice in the same season. He's just now having surgery on on that shit. Again? He's having surgery. Matter of fact, yeah, he's he's just now having surgery. Um... Yeah, um, at this point, I think Romo is pretty much done. <laughs> Come to think of it, so are the Cowboys when it comes down to getting good quarterbacks. But then again, why the fuck should I care about them? <laughs> there's, a possibility that, there's a possibility that RG3, once he is let go from the, from the, from the Redskins, that one or two potential landing spots are in Texas, either Dallas or Houston. Let him That's go to Houston. I do not want to see him twice a year. <laughs> really? I don't. I don't. Want oh to wait, wait, him. wait! I think I get it now. You don't want to. You don't want to see RG three in a cowboy jersey because if RG three is in a Dallas Cowboy jersey, you know that the Redskins or whatever they're going to be called, forcibly called, they're going to be having a bad time. I mean, he's going to come back with with too much. Ben, he's going to come back with too much revenge. Like, I don't want that. I mean, he's going to come back and try to really hurt us. And I think he has the possibility of doing that. People sleep on him, but with the fact that Jerry Jones is a fan of his, Jerry Jones will actually give him whatever he wants. If he wants a specific receiver, Jerry Jones is going to give it to him. He wants a real running back, Jerry Jones will give it to him. Jerry Jones Plus, will actually invest in RG. That's the, I mean, that's the difference. He Plus, doesn't look at Romo like he looks at RG. He doesn't left for Romo like he left for RG. So I think if he lands in Dallas, Jerry Jones is going to make sure RG has everything around him to succeed. That's what I'm afraid of. Plus, if you think about it, if RG3 ends up being a part of the Cowboys – People are going to forget all about that Quincy Carter bullshit when it comes down to having a black, having a successful black quarterback on that team, Not even Quincy though Carter, Quincy though. Carter wasn't no. really okay. all that. I'm, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Well, he said Quincy Carter. I'm done. No, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> like, I'm I mean, off they all ran off of that. They did have Randall Cunningham for one year. Oh, that's I mean, true. granted, it was at the end of his career, but <laughs> Who the fuck remembers that shit? I did. Chill. Chill. <laughs> I mean, shit, I did. But Quincy Poor Quincy Carter, though. But hey, still, getting off the hey, whole... Right? Listen, hey, if Quincy Carter's listening to this, listen, dog, I ain't mean nothing about that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, basically hey, the views hey. were expressed by the caller and do not reflect the views of two sides to the story production. Um, I'm, I'm gonna say this, um, Quincy, if you're listening to this, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck what it said right now. Um, no offense, <laughs> but, bruh, I mean, you, your career highlight was that Hail Mur- that lucky Hail Murray that you threw against the skins. 
where Champ barely stops because he didn't think he could throw that far. And the ball goes to Joey fucking Galloway. Hold on, was it Galloway or Rocket Ishmael? I think it was Ishmael. I can't remember. I think it was Ishmael. But Champ Bailey stops, thinking you wasn't going to throw it that far, and you still throw it that far, and it was a damn touchdown. So, at this point, I don't give a fuck what the fuck you said about you. Um, it's, yeah. I'm just going in on that note. Um... All right. Any any more words on football before we switch subjects? You know what? I ain't got nothing else to say about football. I just can't wait for the whole combine and the draft stuff to come around. But one more question I do want to get off my chest before I'm able to get the hell off of here. I know y'all don't really follow mixed martial arts much, but... Y'all might have heard about that little Dada 5000 Kimbo Slice fight that happened this past Friday night, huh? Oh, what, that Travesty of Justice? I heard about it. Um, I tried not to follow Kimbo like that. Um, Just for the simple fact, I saw more awesome fighter, and I'm I'm just Let me guess. He didn't impress you when he faced off against Roy Nelson. Let's just say that. He didn't impress me just... Been on the show. He was only. I, mean, I think he was only on the damn show for like one episode or two. <clears throat> but I mean, I was never really sold on Kimbo because I mean, he was a street boxer at best. I mean, mm-hmm. that's all he was. He was a street boxer that became an internet sensation. And from that, he became a mixed martial artist and then a shitty professional boxer with a 6-0 and record. Yep. So, let me tell you like this. Let me tell you something. I watched, because the video of the internet fight has been all over the damn internet, and I want to say that was the biggest travesty of justice I've ever seen in my life, that last round of that damn fight. The fact that that fight had to go, got to go to that far and that had to happen was an embarrassment. And the fact that I sat back and watched that crap made me dumber than anybody, to be honest with you. That was an absolute shame. And anybody who profited from that fight should be ashamed of themselves. They should lay on their bag of money and kill themselves. Because that was an absolute travesty and an absolute embarrassment. But, but no. that fight should be, embarrassed, should be embarrassed by that fight. Yes, sir. But champ, the most important... Part of what you said is they should lay on that bag of money. I'm saying, I well, mean, champ, only yes, it was a travesty. Tra- tra- there's only two people that can lay on that bag of money together. That's the people behind Bellator MMA and the people behind the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation who even commissioned the damn fight card. I mean, at the end of the day, you know they're not mad. I mean, shit, they still got paid. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, I mean you, could put on a, you could put on a shit show, and as long as it's going to draw money, you sh- you have no worries. <laughs> but just imagine if this was on pay-per-view. Like, we had to pay $50 to see this shit. People would get mad. Oh, they would want their money back. Well, this was well, on free different. TV. This, this, this is pay-per-view. With pay-per-view, you can't get your money back. Don't quote me on this, but... You can't get your money back. 
But yeah, but this was on free TV. Managed to get like 1.2 million viewers. Well, the 1.2 viewers that tuned into this shit, even though it was free, should be ashamed of themselves. I was getting ready to say that too. I'm like, the 1.2 million people who actually different. I was about to say, the 1.2 million people who actually tuned in and watched this shit, you should seriously slap yourself. Like, cause what the hell were you expecting from this? Except the train wreck. I mean, with all the other options you could have had by turning the channel, going to On Demand, popping in the fucking Blu-ray or DVD, turning on a PS4 or Xbox One, or just fucking and going out to a bar. I mean, you had options. I don't want to hear it. You, you chose to see your night. Like the damn main event that took place after that was any better between Hoist Gracie and Ken Shamrock. That was, I mean, even oh Ken Shamrock God. is basically throwing a fucking fit saying how the fight was a joke and how that should be a restart. That's bullshit. Ken Shamrock needs to go back to being top flight motherfucking security and stop it. Oh my God. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. I thought Horace Gracie and Ken Shamrock was a fucking rumor. So you telling me nope, it happened? Bella, it happened. You telling me you telling me Bellator took a fight that happened over twenty fucking years ago and tried to rekindle the shit? Yes, yeah. it happened this past Friday you know night. Hoist Gracie you know beat Kimbo. I mean, shit. Hoist Gracie beat Ken Shamrock via TKO, and it wasn't even a good TKO. You know what? Um. I think I want to. I, I think I want to end the show tonight. I think we want to end the show off that off that one. Like, I, I I don't have any sports talk left in me. I mean, yes, we got like twenty three plus minutes left, but I don't know what to say no more. I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> so wait, you just want to blame Bellator because of that happening? It was a trap. I don't want to blame. Just. I can't blame. I can't really blame Bellator for trying to um get money, but. Like, for real? Like, no. You know who you should blame? You know who you should blame? Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Okay, all right. Whoa. Eat there, dude. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to wake up. I don't want to wake up to a bunch of Canadians beating the shit out of me. Um, we're not going to do that. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, because. Their their fight back in UFC over twenty plus years ago. Boris Gracie beat the shit out of Shamrock. Now you're talking about the first one, right? Because the second one yeah. was a drawn out thirty six minute shit fest. Yeah, the first one. Oh. Back when. You can only see UFC a few times, not even a few times of the, out of the year. Like, when you only saw UFC, like, shit, once a year. <laughs> right. Well, not to mention Before on pay-per-view then, only. Oh, yeah. They didn't have Before, no national TV deal back then. Yeah, it, it was before Dana White bought them out. Bought them. Way before <laughs> that. <laughs> when you still had Dan Severin. There had to be several of that dude, though. Anyway. 
I think we're all in agreement that that travesty of justice that was called a, 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 a fight card for Bellator MMA, man, Bellator would be ashamed of themselves. Seriously. Bringing out Kimbo yeah. fights. Like, both you the fighters have no stamina, no no cardio, and they're trying to go, what, three rounds? And they were already gassed after the first round. Like, come on, dude. Like, really? Let's, 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 you let's, know what? Yeah. For Bellator being able to pull that shit off, my hat goes my my hat my hat goes off to them from a business perspective. <laughs> I'm sorry if you can convince one point two one point two million viewers to tune in today for that. Hats off, fuck that. <laughs> I respect the hustle. And the, and the worst part about it is. They have an event this weekend too, and I don't even think they're even gonna get, let alone, five hundred thousand viewers to watch that shit because of what happened last weekend. They might not get five hundred viewers. <laughs> exactly, and it's supposed to be a championship fight as the main event of this week card too, but nobody's gonna wow. care because of what the hell happened last weekend. Yeah, okay. They they fucked up their money with that one. That was too that's too close. <laughs> that's too close. Yeah, I think and plus also with UFC having Anderson Silva fighting and the way only way you can see it is on pay per view and then they got a, a big uh big fight car coming up next Saturday pay per view. Yeah, I think Bellator and fucked themselves out of some money for coming up though. For real, for real. Well yeah. actually that Anderson Silva fight, the only way you can see it is through their stupid ass fight pass app, which I bet nobody here has yeah. downloaded. Yeah, no, I saw that. I'm just yeah. like, Yeah, good luck with that. Enjoy that <laughs> shit, 'cause uh yeah, I'm not. Um Well shit. any last words on mixed martial arts? I got nothing. I just want to say thank y'all for letting me get on the show. It's been a pleasure dealing with y'all niggas. <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah man. Real. Kimbo Spice needs to retire. That's all I'm going to say. Kimbo Spice needs to retire. Gary, thank you for joining us, dude. Anytime, champ. Sir. All right, man. Appreciate it. Oh, man. Shut up. I was wondering when somebody was gonna bring up that. I was wondering when somebody was gonna bring up that 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 horseshit fight. Oh my god! I I I, I, I need a refill on my cup. <laughs> oh my god! Boris Gracie versus King Shamrock. Twenty plus years. Really happened. Yeah, that really happened. It, it really happened. That's like that's like. Magic and Jordan playing one on one in their fifties. Yeah, but That's, I bet you it'd oh be probably God. more entertaining. It'd probably be more entertaining than most of them, most of these young kids that play now. That's like Undertaker facing fucking Scott Hall. Yeah, I went to that's I'm funny. sorry. It is what it is. That, that, um, that's funny. That's funny. Okay. Um, college Hoops, let's go. March Madness is approaching. Fastly approaching. Yeah. Yes, sir. And who would have thought that, that's like, Maryland would be sitting up in the top 25 this close to March Madness? They've been actually playing some good ball this year, yo. 
I mean, they did drop some shit. They did drop some goddamn questionable ass games against yeah. Minnes- Wisconsin and Minnesota. But I mean, it's the Big Ten. I mean, it is what it is. But I actually want to bring some bring another caller on to discuss March Madness. Yeah. Seven eight eight seven eight eight nine. You on? Welcome to the Skybox. We on March Madness. Hello. Hey. Yo. How is everyone tonight? Hey. Well, how you doing? I'm doing great, I'm fellas. How about you? Does everyone have the brackets ready for March Madness next month? Nope. Nope. I haven't seen the brackets yet. Did they put them no, I'm just saying. I'm saying. Do you have predictions like from, like out of you know out of the um, box predictions that you see who could possibly take it all? Is it still up in the air for you all? It's still up in the air because as of right now, college basketball has does not have a legitimate dominant team. It hasn't really not had one in the past. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks that shit right now. It hasn't had one in the past few years, which is. A good thing and a bad thing. It's been horrible, but it's been horrible, but it's been like upset city for the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, because I mean, one, the competition is actually picked up a little bit. From that point, from mm, that perspective, I mean, good point. You got you got some of these kids going to other schools, going to other schools, opposed to going to the top top five. Top ten, top twenty-five schools. So you got a lot of programs that right. have talent now. And for the bad part, you have all these one and done kids who are playing one year in college and going straight to the NBA or the yeah, that's been happening for about twenty years. That's well, not Less than that. It hasn't it's happened really, in like 20 years. It's been less than that. It's, I, I would say close less to than that. Just about less than that. Probably about 15. Not even 15. I would say when David Stern made a rule for all that no no that no kid could come out of come straight out of high school anymore. That should have been a rule straight for. That should have been the rule for ages. I think that is I mean, so wrong but, for having a kid from straight out of high school like that. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to really diss that. Here's why: if why? you're, if you feel that your skill level is up to par, ready for the NBA level, then I'm not. I'm not going to knock you for sure. that way. I mean, look at LeBron, look at KG, look at Kobe. Kobe. I mean. All these players came straight out of high school, and they have excelled on the NBA level. They they have excelled on the NBA level. Right. But uh, it's more so all these kids going to college for one year and going straight to either the NBA, the NBA D-League, or going overseas to play. Right. It's not allowing the schools to actually develop an actual dynasty or a team that can compete more than that can compete for back to back seasons. It's mm-hmm. like once, way to put it. Go way to put it. It's like 
every, it's like every school has to start over after that star player leaves and the players for the draft. Absolutely. Hell, look at what happened when Carmelo left. Look what happened when Juan Dixon left Maryland and all the well, other Juan players. Dixon and, wasn't a one, Juan Dixon wasn't a one-and-done player, though. Right. I'm just making like, an example. Mello, Mello is a prime example of that. Um, Absolutely. Syracuse hasn't really been the same since. I mean, Not I think they all. they made I think they made the tournament a few times since Carmelo left. But yeah, they haven't Not been close to the national championship since. They haven't been they haven't been even close to the final four since Melo has gone, and that was what. Oh, 2002? Three. Oh, three. Three? Oh, three. Oh, three. Okay. Hey, I was close. Hell, I'll say, I'll admit, usually my brackets were on point, but the last year, they were horrible. Oh, uh, because I'm, us- I'm usually good at it, predictions, but not last year. <laughs> they were, I was horrible. I was off so bad. I mean, I stopped doing. I stopped doing like brackettology and uh, office school and stuff like that because usually, like the first day of games, I'd be on point, and then every game after that would suck, and I'd just be like, you know what, screw this, and I just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, so last bracket I'm just I did. like, I'm not wasting my time. The last bracket I did was some complete ass, so. I was just like, damn. Like, I oh, think. Oh, last year, my was the, Matter of fact, I'll take that back. I'll take that back. The year before last, I did, though, four brackets. Only one bracket, out of all four, only one of the schools I, only one of the teams I had made it to the final four. Hmm. Yeah. Mine was some, it's, mine was some ass. It was more ass like than J-Lo back in the day. Wow, oh, you have grief. to watch out for that. You have to watch out for that. That Cinderella team, because it's like you can't forget where that Cinderella team is coming from. Hey, sure, we should do. We should totally we pop up. Yeah, we should totally do a skybox, uh, March Madness pool and shit like or something like that. We should totally do one just just for fun, just to see how it would go. Hell yeah! That's, uh, hey, I was thinking about that earlier. That should be I mean, fun. It's something to think about that it is. But uh out of out of any team out here, I mean, who do you think has the best chances of winning winning a national championship? Hmm. Dang, I haven't even kept up with it as much. I'm gonna actually tune in tomorrow to like really keep up to see where everybody stands and then I'll make my prediction. Okay. Come next week, if I listen to it, when I listen to y'all next okay. week. And then we'll go from there. How about that? Okay. It works okay. Hell yeah. Seven days come fast. Some days come fast, so, hey, y'all bring me up to speed. Yeah, yeah uh, it's still okay, too early for me to tell. Cause it's like it's not a dominant team, so it's like I, it's not really an easy pick. No, it's not gonna be easy. I'm not. I haven't seen any teams that have really stuck out at me like that. I mean, Merlin has been great, but I still can't. Not yet. 
They're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna take the whole thing though. Maryland, I don't think so. Uh, let's see. That's right. Oh shit, we got a little bit over nine minutes left. Um, let's go to let's go to the NBA. Uh, I actually want to discuss. I actually want to mention for the first time this season the Golden State Warriors. For those who don't know, Golden State Warriors are on pace to actually break the ninety five ninety six Chicago Bulls record with seventy two wins. I would keep them up. Can they do it? Yep. With the way they've been on fire, I think they can. All right, let's just, all right, let's say if let's say if they actually do it this year, if they actually make it to seventy three or more wins. Hmm. I mean, we're, I mean, is there a possible chance that anyone could really stop this team going into the playoffs? I don't see it. No, they're fifty-one and five right now. I say it like this: Golden State is probably the, the most well-rounded, complete team out there right now. They're a very Absolutely. complete team, very complete team, and I think that that's what you need going into the playoffs, especially because unlike uh, in football where you only have, you play one game, one and done, in the NBA you play series, you play a series of games. So having that complete, you know, being that complete team can help them in that series. I mean, they are, if I'm not mistaken, the defending champions. Am I correct? Yeah, they they, they are the defending champs. And they actually right, so. they actually beat the Miami Heat earlier with a score of one eighteen to one twelve. Steph Curry had Steph Curry had forty two. Yeah, like I said, they're 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 a complete team, and they know how to get they know how to get it done, and they have such great players. And they have all you know they have great players that all complement each other. They have great chemistry too. Exactly. So it's like, you know, that's something that you just – you can't teach chemistry. It just has to happen. No matter what sport it's, you play. It has to happen effortlessly, and also you have to learn one another and how to get the rhythm going because if one person messes up, the whole team is going to mess up. Steph Curry has been an amazing leader, I must add, and Steve Kerr has been an amazing coach as well. I mean, that I mean, I, you cannot debate that. A lot of teams fail to they fail to the Warriors because they try to they try to match the Warriors style of play. You can't do it. No, not at all. You can't do it. I mean, you're done. not. I mean, it can't be done because I mean, this is a team that actually has guys that can score. You're not going to match jump shot and three point shot with this team. But Not looking down the road, I, they possibly can be. They possibly can get to seventy three or more wins. Going into the really playoffs, can. I'm looking at. I'm looking at the entire Western Conference. Their only their only legitimate challenge will be the San Antonio Spurs. Yes, which is my team. I might add. 
the reason why, because the Spurs actually do have the second-best record in the NBA. And the fact that the Spurs do have depth, just like the Warriors. And they have, have shooters. They have depth all around, but they also I mean, have the Spurs, shooters as well. I mean, they have shooters, but the Spurs know not to, not to try to play the Warriors type of game, which is a high offensive score, offensive, offensive game. They can't do that. San Antonio, they don't have the, the Spurs offense. They have the offense that the Warriors possess. Not even close. But hey, almost I mean, with, Yeah, I mean with the Spurs though, the Spurs will have to play this type of basketball. Hmm. Half court offense. Uh multiple passes and solid defense. I mean that's the Spurs game. Right. Pretty much going back to the fundamentals. Hmm. But I mean, what is out, other than the Spurs, I mean, uh, the Warriors don't have a possible threat. I mean, in their in their way, they are forty-seven and nine for the season. Yep. Would it be Would it be funny? Wasn't Steve Kerr on that Bulls team that have the record for most wins in the season? Yes, I he believe was. he was. So wouldn't it be he ironic was. if he ends up coaching the team that breaks the record? Has anybody thought of that? I was thinking yeah, about I mean, that when be. y'all said that. I was actually thinking about that because I was like, wait a minute. That was during when Steve Carr was playing with the Bulls. That would be so funny. But, you know, I think oh, it would be funny because I just come, you know, it would be so funny to just have to see that happen. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm from the team that broke the record. That that's the record. Now I'm on. The, I'm coaching the team that broke it. Okay. I mean, that, I mean, honestly, that would be history. That would be history. I mean, it would be the first time something like that has actually been done. If that happens, though. Uh, one more thing I want to get into before we actually get off the air. Right. Um, last week I saw a meme of former NBA player Delonte West. Oh man! Oh, that was I saw that and I was like, "Whoa!" It was a, a, a was fan so actually. Sad. My heart dropped. My heart actually dropped when I saw that picture, and I was praying that it was fake, but it wasn't. Okay. It's um, the picture was. Okay, um, yeah, the picture, um, it was Delonte West with a fan outside of a fast food restaurant in Houston. Jack, a matter of fact, it was a Jack in the Box. It was, uh, it was, it was him with a fan. Um, his, in a picture, his eyes was closed and he was wearing what appeared to be a hospital robe and slippers. A fan actually said something to him, and he said, he asked him, was he Delonte West? And he said, no, I'm what used to be. I'm I'm what used to be Delonte West. Oh, 
I'm not about that life anymore. I don't want to. I'm not about that life anymore. I mean, I said to myself, like, the hell did he meant by that? Then an uh, article actually came across me today. Like, I'm saying that he actually is suffering from a mental illness, which is actually that he's bipolar. Like, I mean, I, I brought this story up because, I mean, I mean, it's really sad. Like, for people that joke and make fun of people because, I mean, you see them going through bad times, but you don't know what a person is truly going through. I mean, yeah, your man was out at Jack in the Box and his hospital robe and slippers, but, but at the same time, this man is obviously suffering right now, going through a lot of mental distress and mental illness. So it's like you can't really, I mean, you can't really laugh at this guy because, I mean, it can happen to any of us, any one of us, no salt. Let me tell you something. I I know the first thing about mental illness. Uh, I was diagnosed two years ago with a form of depression along with anxiety. Part of it was, uh, it, it was a condition I've long had that was exacerbated by uh, the work environment that I was in. Uh, I'm no longer in that work environment, but I still deal with it. Uh, I've been on medication for the last two years because of it. So people need to realize that mental illness is not something that's just made up. It's not something that it's like a switch that can be turned on and off. It, it's something that people have to deal with that one in three adults have to deal with in their life, you know. And the problem is that there's a stigma about it that it's just something that, you know, it's like you could, it's like a switch. You could just turn it on and off. Like you could, you could have it. Like me yesterday, I had a really bad day, and because of it, I snapped at somebody while I was at work, and I, you know, it got me a little bit of hot water at work because I was having a bad day. But it's not, you know, it's not like I can turn the switch on and off. It just happens. And the problem is that a lot of people have this, this stigma that if someone's having a bad day, they think they can just tell them, oh, just cheer up, you'll be okay, or anything like that. It's not, it doesn't work that way, you know. I have to get on my on, on my my son's mother all the time when I'm having, when I'm low, and she, the first thing she tells me is cheer up. And it's just like, you idiot. It's not a switch I can turn on and off and be like, turn on, oh, I'm cheery now, off, I'm not. It doesn't work that way. So... I pray that whatever Delonte West is going through, that somebody, in if he still has a circle, even if that circle is extremely small, if he still has a circle, that circle takes him by the hand, becomes his support system, and gets him the help that he needs. Because if not, it'll be too late, and they're going to find that man in a gutter somewhere after he committed suicide because that's ultimately what the end game is for someone who is going through something like that and does not have support. I'm lucky that I had the support that I had when I first got, when I went through it before I even got diagnosed. And, you know, I still have some support, but at the same time, you know, it, it's a struggle. It's gonna, it's an everyday struggle when you're dealing with this. It's an everyday struggle. And you always have to have the support. And that's what that's all that's basically what he needs. He needs 
he needs full time. He needs support, and he needs to you know get the help that he needs. Period. Yeah, uh, I just want to send uh, prayers out to him and his family. Hopefully, he gets well. But we're actually past time now. Thank you. This has been another great episode of the Skybox. Um, tomorrow night we will have Mike check. Friday night we will have his and hers. Sunday we'll have a refresh, and we will be back next Wednesday for all new episode of the Skybox. It's been real, y'all. This this been your boy Chills. Good chance. See y'all later. Holla. <laughs>